You are now entering the world of Blissful Living, broadcasting around the globe and on the Blissful Living Network with Rochelle Marie Lawson. Are you lacking energy, clarity, and that sense of true well-being? Are you overworked, underpaid, and know that you deserve more in life? You are not alone. Improve your wellness, wisdom, and wealth so that you can step into living the life of your dreams. And now, here's your host of Blissful Living, the queen of feeling fabulous, Rochelle Marie Lawson. Hello, 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 hello. We are live. I don't know, technology is so funny, but anyways, hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Blissful Living Podcast. I am the queen of feeling fabulous, queen of feeling fabulous. And um, you guys know how I bring the show to you all. And I love, absolutely love when I can bring a guest on that enlightens us about something that we're so doggone curious about. And we've been trying to figure this out for eons, as well as when you figure out that when I let you know the topic, um, you'll be thinking about it the other way as well. But it's just amazing because Anytime I can bring wisdom to us on how we can ebb and flow in our life just a little bit better, um, I think it enhances all of us. And in, in generally, it enhances the world. So that's my lead-in for today's show. Um, and I'll tell you a little bit more about this gentleman who is a sponsor of the podcast, The Blissful Living Show, today. So let me tell you, as I like to say, I got to take care of business. And so while I'm doing that, I'm going to tell you all to find a place to sit down and relax, get you something to write with, a pen, a piece of paper, your favorite little corner in the house, um, your favorite beverage, water with lemon tea, green tea, coffee, whatever you whatever you vibing right now when you're looking at this or listening to this show, because the guest is going to drop some, I say, nuggets of gold on us. That is just, like I said, going to enlighten all of our minds. So while you're doing that, I'm going to take care of business. I want to thank our sponsors of the podcast, the Blissful Living Show or Blissful Living Podcast. I want to thank Blissful Living For You at BlissfulLivingForYou.com. They are a company that is focused on wellness, wisdom, and wealth and help you all to unlock your bliss so you can actually not only have your dream life, but live your dream life in a holistic and effervescent flow. In addition, they have um, events going on. And one of the events coming up, um, I'll tell you a little bit more about. But if you're interested in more about what they're doing, you need to check out the site. Go to Blissful Living, the number four, the letter U, dot com. The next sponsor I want to thank is All Day Cable Incorporated. All Day Cable is a premier woman-owned telecommunications installation company located in the heart of Silicon Valley. Been in business for over 32 years. And their motto is quality, quality, quality. They make the right connection. So when you pick up that telephone, that cell phone, connect um, to your access points or wireless access points, need to have that monitor keyed up in the conference room, or just need your network distribution to be tight so that you can make the right connections when you need to, then you need to check out All Day Cable Inc. at alldaycableinc.com. Com. Okay, so you ready? You gave me time. I'm telling you, um, I'm bringing the energy because this gentleman, look, I'm just going to tell you all right now, be prepared because me and him going to have a ball on this show today. So let me tell you about my guest. Oh, I love this. It started very simply when Simon T. Bailey's daughter, Madison, walked into his home office and asked for a few moments of his time. But Simon, engrossed in a project, seemed preoccupied, even though he said okay. So disappointed, she said she just she just see him later. It was then that Simon had an epiphany. He had missed an important moment to be there for her, to be a tuned-in loving father. That if he didn't change his ways, Madison would likely end up in relationships with men who did not have time for her repeating the pattern. Y'all feeling me? Okay. Mm -hmm. um, it was a revelation that changed his life and may even have changed the world. Now, let me tell you a little bit more about Simon. As he began the quest to become a better father, husband, lover, and supporter of women in his life, that resulted in his 
blockbuster new book, Ignite the Power of Women in Your Life, hmm. A Guide for Men. Oh, my gosh. Drop the mic on that one right there. Okay. Oh, what? Wait, calm down, girl. Calm down. Now, the book is also a snapshot of a leader at a Fortune 500 company who had everything. The car, mm, the house, the children in private school, and the trophy wife, and lost it all. Was having his dream, but not living his dream. But it was in listening to the woman in his life that he regained everything, and that was meaningful to him. Now, the true realization for Simon is that supporting women in deep, committed, focused, authentic ways inspires them and creates a whole vibrant and empowering climate that helps men to grow too. The book is a powerful manual for gender equality that benefits everyone at home, at the office, or anywhere. And so that is the opening to this show today. I am welcoming Simon T. Bailey to the Blissful Living Podcast. Hey, Simon. How you doing? Hi there. It's so good to be with you. Thank you for having me. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm a little bit of a mess. Not really, but in a good way, in a good way. Um, I am very energetic and today. For some reason, I'm like the energy is going through the walk, like through the roof. It's so good thing I'm just working alone today because I would probably drive my staff crazy or anybody in my life crazy because I'm just like super amplified. So it must be because I knew we were going to be talking about this topic. Um, ignite the power of women in your life, a guide for men. So. Simon, tell me a little bit about um, some of the challenges. No, no, no. First of all, tell me, we know your daughter was an inspiration that eventually led to this, this project, but you have more women in your life besides your daughter and in, in your wife. Um, tell me, when you thought about writing this project, did you take into consideration or did you think about the women as you were growing up? And the experiences now that you're older, you can look back and see some things that you didn't understand when you were a kid, right? Um, with relationships, I know I can. But did you did you take a look at that stuff and say, hmm, you know what? If I had the time and I could go back and give these words to the fellows back then, everything would have been completely different, not only for my family and the women in my family, but for women around the world. Did you did you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. So as you've already alluded to, the journey started with Madison, but then it accelerated when their mother, uh, her mother said to me, you give everybody the best of you, you give us the rest of you, and I don't want the leftovers anymore. So I realized I had built a house but lost a home, and after being married for 25 years, went through a divorce, and my divorce attorney said, you should go and see a therapist. And no guy likes to go and talk to a therapist named Anita, who's been practicing therapy for 40 years, has more degrees than the thermostat. But there I found myself sitting on the sofa with Anita once or twice a month, one to two hours at a time. And she said to me, whatever you don't deal with will eventually deal with you. And she said, as I've been working with you, I've discovered that you've got some mama issues. She says there's a lot of research out about mothers, about fathers and daughters, but there's emerging research out about mothers and sons. And unless you deal with whatever happened with you and your mom, you're going to carry that into the next relationship. So there began my journey. <laughs> and I recognized I had to reach out to my mom. And I did. And we had a conversation that my mom said she was waiting to have that conversation for over 35 years. And it was a very tender moment with me and my mom because I realized we both had to come to a place of forgiveness and we had to understand how to truly move on from this situation. Uh, because my situation was so bad that I was showing up in relationships with other females professionally, certainly, and, and friends that I knew, and I was not showing up whole, W-H-O-L-E, I was showing up with a whole, H-O-L-E, in my soul. So I was looking for love and validation, affirmation, all the wrong faces, searching for confirmation in all the wrong uh, places. And what I recognized, I needed to deal with myself. Wow. Um, 
Wow, that's very interesting because I have um, I have some sons and I have two uh, stepsons and then I have, um, you know, my son. And um, I deem my son to be my twin child. It's really interesting. So I'm a girl. I grew up already. Family boys, you know, a lot of, lot of boy energy. But um, my son, I deem as my twin child. Mm. But he's a day, he was born a day after his dad. He was born a day after his dad's birthday. So he's, he's a gift, his dad, you know. So he's a, he's a I'm going to say a Virgo, two Virgos. And then, but he's my, he, he thinks like me. He processes like me. He does things like me. He's, he's my, if I was a boy, I'd be exactly, I'd be like him. Right. Wow. And then I have a daughter who's like me as well, but she's like me in a different kind. She's not, I wouldn't call her my twin, but I would call her an aspect of, or, you know, big aspect of me. But I think she's a better version of me because she's got some of the, I want to say more gentler uh, qualities that her dad have um versus sometimes i'm just out front right you know so so when you said that about the relationship about you know you know you need to have you need to resolve whatever it is with your mom i think about my son and i think ooh, this is deep like therapy i think about my son and i think about his relationships and i'm i'm wondering if his relationships if we need to have a conversation now we've had conversations in the past but um and he, he would tell his sisters, he would tell his sister, I'm just like mom. I'm like this because I'm just like mom or whatever. Now he's evolved and, you know, he's growing up quite a bit. He's getting ready to be 32 years old. But it's just interesting. That touched deep for me. And so it's like, hmm, I think next when I got to California, you know, next time I go out there, I would sit down conversation with my boy and see. I mean, deep, you know, because um, mm-hmm. we can do that. Um, very interesting. Oh, I love this. Okay, so. When you had that conversation with your mom, did you did you talk did you talk to any other females in your life that you were close to? For instance, like an aunt or maybe your grandmother. And I know sometimes grandmothers can be, depending on you know the grandmas, they can be really tell me everything, or mm, we don't talk about that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, did you include any of those other women um, with regards to helping you move? you know, into really having a really good dream life? Yes. So there are two women, my Aunt Rosa, which is my mother's youngest sister. Uh, she and I share a birthday together. We're both Virgos. So oh. we were born uh, on, on the same day. So that's the, our little connection. She's like a second mother to me. And then my first cousin from my mother's oldest sister is like a sister to me. Okay. So Rosa and Deborah were the two that I reached out to to say, hey, uh, here's where I'm at. I need to reach out to mom. I need to walk through this. And they listen with an objective ear, non-judgmental, just kind of heard me out and, and really became a mirror to reflect back. Here's what I heard you say. Here's something to think about because they know how my mother is wired. And they really helped me think about the approach uh, to that conversation. And and what was happening prior to my mom and I were talking is we were talking on the phone. My father passed away a number of years ago. And my father on his deathbed said, whatever you do, take care of your mom. So I would call my mom every Sunday and we would just do the, you know, uh, hi, mom. How are you? How's it going? You need anything? And it's truly an arm's length conversation. And at the end of the call, I say, I love you. I love you. But it was just, you know, I love you. Anybody can say I love you. It wasn't deep. It wasn't felt. And I was writing a check every month to support my mom. And after going to therapy to realize, oh, my goodness, I've been showing up like X. What I realized, I'm perfectly imperfect. I am flawed beyond belief. And until I looked in the mirror and said, there's a problem, I continued to suppress the emotion and what I was feeling deeply and putting on what Chris Rock talks about is you never meet a person, you meet their representative. So (laughs) they met me, they would meet my representative, right? And then once I had the conversation with my mom, I took the mask off 
because my mom accepted me. And it's so interesting. We're having this conversation. Uh, my wife and I were just in Buffalo over the weekend celebrating my mom's 82nd birthday. Oh, and I got a chance to tell my mom in front of all her friends and family that when the school system wanted to label me 40 years ago as um, with ADHD back in the day, they called it being hyperactive. Mm-hmm. She did not allow them to put a label on me. And I wanted to say thank you, mom, for just letting me be the bad child that I was growing out of it to be the man that I am today. Oh, beautiful. Wow. That's beautiful. Um, I love that. It's, uh, and first of all, happy birthday to your mommy. Yes. 82. Um, that's, that's fabulous. And being able to say that, um, and I'm totally, I would be totally with her with regards to not medicating the children just because they're hyperactive, right? Um, because there's a gift in that hyperactivity. And if we took mm-hmm. time to explore those gifts, then we wouldn't have so many children going wayward. So mm-hmm. just my stance on it. I'm, you know, just a nurse and, and caretaker lover of um, humanity coming out of me. But beautiful, beautiful. Okay, so with regards to men, I want to, okay, so I'm going to give you a scenario. You got a high profile woman, it's your, your spouse. She um, is busy, you know, she takes care of the children. She, she handles her career. She's um, in the public, everybody knows. And she always seems to make time for you. Somehow she always seems to make time for you. But you don't seem to reciprocate and make the time for her. How to, how to, and I know you're not a therapist, but this is, this is sometimes what happens on either end of the spectrum. How does a gentleman open up conversation in a compassionate way to tell his woman, look, I know you, you're making time for me, but I don't need you to do this. I need you to make this kind of time for me. You know what I mean? And, and not to get too sexually graphic or whatever, but you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. there's time and then there's quality time mm-hmm. how does a gentleman open up dialogue with that um, because I know in my personal experience dialogue wouldn't get open or wouldn't get heard and then when it did get heard it was lashed out back at you know me and mm-hmm. it wasn't always necessary to pace I mean I would take the blame when it was my time you know but mm-hmm. so how do, we, how do we start that intimate conversation of the kind of time the gentleman and the lady needs from their, their significant other. Well, first of all, thank you for the disclaimer that I'm certainly not a therapist. (laughs) (laughs) Everything that I'm going to share is just based on experience, conversation with women all over the world over 30 years. Uh, So this is truly opinionated. Um, I think the first thing how a man can start the conversation is to first of all, come in the spirit of service and the spirit of service is First of all, love is not what it says, it's what it does. How can I best serve you for where you are and for what you need? In asking the question, how can I best serve you? What you're doing is shifting from me to we. When I shift from me to we, I'm making this about us, where we can go together as a couple, as a team, uh, as we are now booed up. And and so when I'm asking you, how can I serve you? The deeper question or the question behind the question is, I know you don't need a lot of things, but I do know that you love me and you care for me. And in asking the question, how can I serve you? I want to move from a place of loving to cherishing. Because when you cherish a person, you're willing to listen between the sentences and listen beyond the words. Uh, So that's the first thing. The second thing is really understanding how is she wired? Obviously, Dr. Gary Chapman's book has been out there for a long time, The Five Love Languages. And for those who have not heard of the five love languages, uh, there are five love languages that show up in any uh, relationship, according to Dr. Chapman. Uh, Words of affirmation. Uh, quality time, gifts and surprises, physical touch, and acts of service. So it's understanding what is her love language and filling her cup, feeding her soul in the way that she wants to receive it. But then the question begs is, wait a minute, what about men? Well, here's the whole thing. You will get 
what you want when you help her get what she needs. Ooh, and when you wait, 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 wait. That's a mic drop. Bam. Say that one more time. Woo! That was powerful. You will get what you want when you help her receive and get what she needs. Because if you don't like what you are currently receiving in the relationship, uh, then you have to look at what you're putting out. What are you putting out into the universe that causes you to vibe with her and you move to another frequency of intimacy? Intimacy. Intimacy is sometimes, uh, which would be the third thing, is not every man understands the music of a woman's soul. So sometimes a woman is looking for Bach and Beethoven, not necessarily Tupac. And what you have to begin <laughs> to do is how do I adjust to where she's at so that I dance to the step and to the rhythm of her soul. So when a man understands the rhythm of her soul, you are on beat, you are in tune, you are totally connected and you're not off key. But sometimes you're off key because you hear her, but you're not listening to her. Wow. Wow. My smile was taking notes like 9,000 because I think, um, wow. Okay, listeners, if y'all didn't, he just dropped Hey, I, you know, I like to say nuggets ago, Simon T. Bailey, he just dropped a bag of nuggets of gold on us in that right there. I mean, in the context for women and men, because I think sometimes women don't even need to understand, like you talked about the five love languages, sometimes, and that, that, that like right there is a pot of gold. Sometimes women don't even know what their love language is. You know, I, I mean, I remember when I first heard that term, it was like, oh, okay. You know, never thought about, you know, not, never thought about it like that. Just like how people learn differently. Some auditory, some visual, some need to do, you know, you know what I mean? Um, so that was just like, wow. And then just um, learning to cherish the person. It, I just... Wow, 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 wow. I mean, that is just, um, it's just leaving me speechless because you don't hear this type of dialogue and conversations in today's world. Um, you know, you hear all the negative stuff that happens, but you never hear the positive stuff that could feed and circumvent the negative stuff from happening. And no one really gives you the information until you've gone through a ton of negative stuff. And sometimes you still in denial that it's not even reflected upon you. It's the other person. So just this information here, right here is just amazing. Okay. So I want to take it to the context of the gentleman, fortune 500 guy or not, but is, you know, high powered, high profile, you know, VP executive of some company, Twitter somewhere. I don't know. And um, he's got the little, and I would say the little trophy wife, big age difference. And he can't understand where the connection, where the disconnect occurred. He was connected to her initially. And then once they got married, there's been a disconnect. Um, what would you have to share? What would you share with that gentleman with regards to the expl exploration of the true reasons for the disconnect? Yeah. So where I would suggest, recommend, think about it. Uh, I'm not an expert, uh, just a, a person. You're who's, a guy. You're a guy. You know I'm I mean? a guy. Yeah. So, so what I've discovered, men want sex, but women crave connection. It's not to say that women don't want sex, but they want connection. So the first thing we have to look at is go back to day one when you first met, how did you woo each other, right? Because we sometimes forget about the handwritten note or the card or the flowers or the text messages out of the blue or the phone calls, those things that paint became an emotional deposit into the emotional bank account for each person as the interest begins to accrue in the emotional account. There was a connection because we were tracking and you could finish her sentence, she could finish your sentence. So go back to day one. But here's the second thing just to think about. 
sometimes as a man where I fail is I wanted sex, but I forgot to make love. Uh, oh, wait, wait. <laughs> Mic drop. God, God, I'm sorry. Wow. Uh, okay, I'm sorry. That that was really good. Continue. I'm sorry. So, so one of the things that I struggled with is always, you know, as a man, I wanted sex. I wanted sex for my wife, but I had stopped filling her cup and feeding her soul. I had stopped making intentional deposits into her emotional bank account in the way she wanted to receive it, i.e. communication. Good morning. How are you? How's your day going? Anything going on? And she didn't need me to fix anything. She just needed to know that I was tracking with her and I was there. So when you make love, you make love through the entire day. And sometimes where relationships get stuck in neutral and they're looking at the rear view mirror as to what happened is because they forgot to do the little things every single day. Because it doesn't take much to make a relationship work, but it's the little things because a little becomes a lot over a long period of time. What are the little things? What's her favorite meal? Uh, what What's her favorite color? What's her favorite music? And if you begin to understand to treat her like you treat some of your clients and customers, all of a sudden she begins to realize that she is a priority not an option. So when you begin to prioritize how you are feeding her emotionally, spiritually, do you pray with her? Do you you start by the office and say, babe, let's just pray about this before we do anything. That's what a man does in a relationship with a woman because now she knows that she's covered and she's not having to do all of the work. So when you make love, it doesn't just happen uh, in a moment. It's continuous throughout the day. Wow. Wow, thank you. That, I mean beautifully stated, had me, you know, going in my head about, yeah, right. You know, stuff I haven't even thought about in, you know, myself personally as what, what do I desire? You know, the communication, the connection, you know, just, you know what I'm saying? It just, it, mm-hmm. it occurs, but you don't think about it. It's like you breathe, but you don't think about it until you start thinking about you breathing. And then you, you know what I mean? So it, it's, it's very enlightening. And I love, love, I love that. I want to ask you now about um, how fathers play, what role fathers play in the way the, their sons treat the women in of their relationships in their lives. Can you share a little bit about your experience, per se, um, and what and what you can enlighten the fellows with? So there's an old saying that the old folks used to say, the fruit doesn't fall too far from the tree. <laughs> yes. You've heard it, right? Yes, yes. So unpack that for a moment. Uh, how I learned to love a woman was based on how my dad loved my mom. So then the question becomes, what happened if there was a, not a father in the home? Oh. Whoever was a father-like figure might not have been your biological father. They influenced you by how they talked about women, treated women, showed up for women. And that left an impression until you began to find a revelation to say, here's what I think is best for me. Okay. So let me just throw all that out there. So what my father modeled for me is something that I took into a relationship was food on the table, clothes on the back, shelter over the head. And my father never said, I loved you. So I believed uh, how I was conditioned that if I provide you things, that is my way of saying that I loved you. Now, granted, you know, we got married. Yeah, I love you. I love you. I said, I love you. <laughs> yes, right? Hello, right? Let this be true, right? And, and I had never told our children that I loved them. And she said to me, you've never told our children that you love them. I said, because my dad never told me. And she said, you may want to do something about that. So talk to my dad. And I said, dad, you never said I loved you. And he said, I put food on the table, clothes on your back, shelter over your head. That was my way of saying that I loved you. But I said, dad, I think I need to hear it. And my father told me that when his father uh, was, was living, they were living in Jamaica, his father died at the age of eight. 
And he had to become the man of the house. And he said, Simon, I cannot do what's never been done. I cannot be who I've not become. And I cannot give what I have not received. And I said, so dad, here's what I want you to know. I love you. Reverse parenting. And I said it to him. And then he said, I love you. And all I ever wanted to hear my father say is that he saw me. He celebrated me. And that he loved me because everything I was doing outwardly was to get the validation from my dad. Once he said it, I went to Daniel and Madison and I said, I love you and I believe in you. But here was the chain reaction. I have three brothers. We talked on the phone and most guys are, hey, man, hey, man, what's up, man? But at the end of our call, after dad said, I love you, all of my brothers, we started saying, hey, man, I love you. I love you too, dog. And and so it was because of the father's imprint. Right. Wow. Wow. I, I, you know, just as you were talking, um, I thought about, uh, you know, people that got, the, you know, the, my cousins and stuff. Um, and uh, for some of them, my dad was their, the father figure. He was the one that, you know, we, we he was, they were around the most, right? And then as we grew up, you know how things, people move, cousins move, they, you know, stuff, that kind of stuff happened. But when I think about some of my cousins, I think about, ooh, yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you can see the imprint, whether good, bad, or indifferent, you can see the imprint. Um, and also, uh, the whole thing of um, not saying I love you. The interesting thing, though, was it wasn't um, my dad and it wasn't my mom who was my mom's mom. She did. She was from, grew up in Houston, Texas and um, moved to California when she got married to my grandfather who was in the Navy in World War II. Mm-hmm. And um, my mom tells me stories that she, her mom never told them she loved them. They knew she loved them, but she never said it until, you know, um, when she was dying and then mm. she said it and, and they asked why and she said well because that's just like what your dad said you know I took care of uh I put you know I went to work I put food on the table when your dad died from you know cancer after coming back from World War II I raised you girls alone you know it was you know it was just uh and so it's like wow that's really that's really interesting because, you know, as a healthcare professional nurse, we learn psychology stuff where, you know, things do, the, fall, the fruit really doesn't fall from far from the tree, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, but, uh, and the just conceptual part of what we're talking about, um, and it's whole, it's H, you know, H-O-L-E, whole, um, it peels back those layers that we sometimes suppress and don't even realize until it's brought up to, like, you know, you, you know what I mean? Like your dad didn't even realize it. My grandmother, she didn't either. You know, it was just, they thought by doing was showing love. And the other thing you said, something else that I thought was really riveting with regards to um, recognizing like the little things, you know, taking time, I, you know, uh, recognizing the little, the, the little things are, you know, Hey, I know you got a lot on your plate or, you know, let me help, you know, just little stuff like that. I think sometimes guys don't understand how valuable. Now, if we say no, okay, but at least you, that's, that's hugely valuable because to me, it shows you care. You recognize I'm, I'm overloaded. And, you know, even if it's just rubbing my feet or whatever, you know what I mean? Um, you recognize that. And that means you, you're, to me, I see it as a connection, you know? Um, totally. There are three things. There are three yeah. things very quickly. I want to give yeah. every guy oh, that's listening that he can do right now. First of all, if you're not sharing location with your spouse or your significant other, share your location with them so they know where you are at all times because, hey, I'm in this relationship with you. There's no secrets. I have nothing to hide. That's number one. Number two, book a vacation or a weekend away as a surprise. Tell her Uh, You're going to pick her up from work. If there are kids, get a sitter. You do the work and say, guess what? I'm picking you up and we're going someplace. And 
put her on a plane. She doesn't have to pack a thing. Tell her we will buy whatever you need when we get to that destination because that's showing intent. That's showing that I am thinking about you. But here's the third thing. I want you to plan just a day where you sit down, just the two of you, and you just talk and plan and think about the future and say, how do I help you reach your dream and your vision? What are you trying to accomplish? And how do I come alongside and invest and pour into where you're trying to go? Because here's the, here's the reality. If you begin to meet her where she is, whatever you are dealing with, whatever problem you're trying to solve, you give her your problem and she's going to give you a dissertation to figure out how to serve it because you are connected to a man with a womb, a womb man. And so a woman can give birth to ideas that you haven't even thought about because of how she is wired. Wow. I love that too. Wow. Wow, Simon. I mean, dang. Wow. Your phone should be blowing up with all kinds of appearances. for Because, t- I mean, this is riveting information. Um, I mean, it, you know, I'm thinking about myself. Okay. So, you know, I'm the girl that grew up around a bunch of boys. So I do have some boy energy. And I do approach things, you know, as people say, from a, a boy standpoint, so to, so to speak. I, I can't help it. But... Just what you shared and some of that, it was like, wow, that, that's me. Some of that stuff is me. You know, it's like, uh, you know, taking time and making sure somebody feels, you know, understood and connected. And, but, but just valuing um, the small talk, you know, Absolutely. valuing Absolutely. the small talk and making plans for the future, talking about it. Um, yes. You know, I plan to live to be 110, so I got quite a ways to go. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Um, people, I, I, I never heard my parents talk about anything small talk or, you know, mostly when I was growing up, grown ups talk, you, you had to go out the room, you know. So, um, I mean, just, just hugely wise information you're bestowing upon us. And I'd say it's like five pots of gold now, not just a few nuggets, but five. Okay, I got more stuff. Okay, so. Um, we are in a whole new different world. Like when I got married many, many years ago, um, it was simple. You know, we didn't have a cell phone. There was no internet. Um, you know, you back in the day, if you want to meet somebody, you went to the club, to the mall, <laughs> depending on what age you were, right? Uh, maybe the, met somebody at the grocery store. Or somebody from work introduced you to somebody or you met somebody at a friend of yours wedding or relative's wedding. Okay. That's probably like the five spots. Nowadays, there's all kind of ways that you can meet people, particularly because they brought on the game of this online dating stuff. Share a little word of wisdom about uh, the whole aspect of uh, the online dating and um, what gentlemen need to know about women with regards to that contact or what, yeah, yeah, stop right there. So the first thing I will say, Anita, my therapist, when I had just gotten divorced, she didn't want me to do online dating. Uh, she said, because you truly need to heal and, and finish your work. But my bed was cold and I don't want to be alone. And I <laughs> I heard that. I'm just being honest. Hey, keep it real. So no one told me that when you get on different dating apps, different dating apps like Tinder and Zusk and Bumble mean different things. Nobody gave me the crash course. Right. So I failed. And what I would say to gentlemen, number one, is if you get on a dating app, be upfront and clear about what your intentions are so that that person respectfully knows where you are. So if you truly want to move towards a long-term relationship that leads to holy matrimony, say that, be upfront. And if somebody's not interested, they'll keep it moving. Um, I think the second thing is really evaluate what are you bringing to the table? Are you an asset or a liability? What I recognize is I was an emotional, spiritual, and financial liability. 
let's just be real. I was. I had uh, a significant alimony payment that I was paying to young children. So I, I had to pay for child support and a number of other things. So now I'm going to show up in a relationship, try to date and lead someplace. Wait a minute. Have I gotten everything in order? So I'm not coming in to truly be a liability. So be straight up about where you are. I think the third thing is in the first 10 to 15 minutes, you know, you know if there's a connection. And if there's not a connection, don't waste your time. One of the things Anita, my therapist, said, she said, Simon, you need 50 to 100 contact hours of just effortless communication even before you meet. And so what I would say in this online dating world, and I know online is new school, old school, is pick up the phone and say, let's just talk. And you remember back in high school when you had that girlfriend where you would talk, you know, two to three hours, what you doing? What you doing? What you going to do tomorrow? Whatever. The conversation, <laughs> wherever it went, but you were communicating. So, so here's the last thing about online dating that I would say. I, I believe that there are three levels of online dating. There's communication, there's connection, and there's care. We don't get to care until we have solidified, is there truly a connection? Are we on the same page? Are we singing from the same sheet of music? Do our values align? Do we have opposite political views, but we know that? Do we like some of the same entertainment? Do we enjoy sports? We don't like sports. Do we read books? We don't like books. Do we go to conferences? Like, who are all of the influences? That's the connection. But the communication is, so we've met all right, how are you? And, and when you meet somebody in communication, you play a game called commonality. And commonality in communication is what do we have in common? But as we continue to talk, we move to connection. And then from connection, we move to care. And in care, we haven't hugged, we haven't kissed, we haven't done anything. It's in the care that she knows that you are a different cat that you are a different joker, that you are showing up from a place of not what you can get, but what you can give. I heard uh, Dr. Edwin Lewis Cole say almost 25 years ago, love desires to give, give at the expense of self. Lust desires to get at the expense of another. So when I truly care about you. It's not about what I can get from you, but it's about what I can give to you. Because when a man gives to a woman, he is given to himself. War man, a woman with a womb. So I'm giving care to her. And as it is deposited into her emotional bank account, I get to withdraw from the account because of the deposit that I put in. But there are some women that are in a deficit because emotionally there's no care. There's just a connection because he hasn't done his work. Oh, oh man. Wow. Very deep. I, I love it. I love this. I mean, I mean, you should see, I got four pages of notes, Simon, because I think uh, it's just very riveting information. And I want to say, really, I've going to read over my 11 years, a whole lot of people. And uh, this is, you're the first person that I've ever, I don't want to say interview, had conversations with, because we're having a conversation. You're the first person I've ever had a conversation with that has really, with regards to this topic, kept it real. I've never had anyone want to come on and share with the fellows how to be a better fella, basically, you know, um, in the con in, or come on and, and talk about life in the context that you are talking about it. I, I like the real examples that you're giving. I like that you're not holding back and trying to sugarcoat and fluff it up, you're keeping it real. And I think in this day and age, in order for us to progress forward with our relationships, we got to keep stuff real, you know, um, it's so easy to be fake. You see what I'm saying? You can betray your life any way you want to on social media and have people believe in it and it not even do reality for you. So um, the fact that you're here keeping this whole thing about having better relationships with men and men have a better relationship with women and, and other people in their lives, is just, it's just beautiful. So now I want to ask you the last thing, and hopefully you can go over a little bit because... I got to ask this and I got to answer this, but with, with regards to women in business, 
because this is a guide um, for men in all contexts of life is what I'm, I'm assuming, right? Um, yes. The information you're sharing can be utilized in all contexts of life. I know we talked about more relationships, but relationships out of personal loving, um, you know, your boo relationship, so to speak. Um, how can those relationships, when you're dealing with women in business, be, be better, uh, you know, be have, have a better connection and better, just a better existence with the information and experiences that you've had. Yeah. So let me anchor it with a little research so that I'll give you some quick tips. First of all, research says that 85% of consumer spending is controlled by women. 92% of the vacation plans are made by women. 62% of the automobile purchases are made by women. And oh, by the way, in case you didn't know it, the NFL has woken up to realize that their constituents that really support them are women. So in business, the first thing that men should think about is visibility creates credibility. How do you ensure that a woman uh, not only has a seat at the table, because we've heard that before, but how do we help her lead or co-lead who's around the table? Because women have a bigger brain than men. Men don't turn off the camera yet. Women are designed in such a way that they problem solve differently. So men, we are very linear in our approach, but women, because of their bigger brain, they have a 360 degree view of a problem and come at it from a different angle. So in business, you have to, you must ensure that women have a hand up, not a hand out. The second thing to think about is in business, how do you ensure that not only are you her ally, but you are coaching her with no strings attached? You are mentoring her without looking for something, you know, in the good by and by. Because when you're truly mentoring and coaching her, she will go farther than you have ever gone and will turn around and said, that joker helped me become who I am to be because you never ask for anything. And that's so critically important. So in business, it's treating every woman as if she is your blood sister. How would you treat your sister? How would you want your sister treated? How would you protect your sister? Think of the same thing as it relates to business. And then finally, here's the other reason why I made a statement to 200 CEOs in San Diego a few years ago. And I said, any country, company, or community that is going to be worth its salt must do right by women. Why? Because women, despite all of the research, everybody is data, 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 and data is so important. But in addition to data, women have an intuition. They have a sixth sense. Women just know some things and we don't know why they know. It's just how they're wired. So the moment you invite a woman to look at innovation through a new lens, her intuitive sense beyond the data will say, what if? And it's in the what if that becomes the breakthrough for the country, company, and community. Man. That's why we need women in business right now. That's why we need women leaders. That's why we need board leaders that are women. The research says if women are on in the C-suite and on boards, that company is 25% more profitable. Hello, according to McKinsey, more profitable. It's not taking anything away from men. Right now, what is needed in the world is female energy, female energy that just comes at a different approach. We need the yin and the yang. It doesn't mean I'm less masculine and I lose my man card. If anything, I am more intelligent when I recognize that we need women now more than ever before. Woo! And that, we're going to close out the show. Wow. Yeah, I mean, dang. I want to, wow, wow, wow. Thank you, Simon. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. It has been a blessing to have this conversation with you. And I mean, I've gotten so much enlightenment and just, um, you know, when you were talking about this last segment, uh, so often the things you said would resonate with me because I was that lone female in a, sitting on a board for many years. Um, I was a lone African woman of color sitting on a board for many years. And um, and it would be interesting because I am really intuitive, but it would be interesting that when 
something was going on and they needed a burst of creativity or female energy, so to speak, they would say, well, what do you think? Well, <laughs> you know, what is your, what is your innovation or what is, we know you're intuitive. How do you, and it was funny because that's really the time that I had my 15 minutes of fame. And then they start to realize, well, you know, yeah, she looks okay. She's representing, but um, she also communicates to us how we need to be communicated with. And they learn how to communicate with me. But it was very interesting. It was, it was a very interesting process, but there's so much words of wisdom and and, you know, it, here I am getting ready to do one of tour to do these um, um, brave, bold, unstoppable women summits. And you would be perfect, a perfect speaker. Um, but I don't have any sports spots. But your conversation leads into the braveness of not only men, but women as well, allowing their men to do some of these things that you share. Because sometimes, as you know, we women can circumvent our, the, the best of things in our life when it comes to having somebody truly care and do things for us that we ourselves are not comfortable with. Mm-hmm. And I would say we got some stuff to uncover and peel back as well, right? But um, thank you, Simon. Thank you, thank you, thank you so My much. Again, y'all, Simon T. Bailey is a sponsor of this show. You got to go get his book. Simon, tell them how they can get more of you, your book, whatever else you're doing. Please, please, please. Yes, they can go to IgniteThePowerOfWomen.com or SimonTBailey.com. Follow me on social media, Simon T. Bailey. IgniteThePowerOfWomen.com and uh, SimonTBailey.com. Okay. Are you speaking anywhere, doing any other fabulous things? Uh, All over the country, virtually, in person. And uh, yeah, lots going on. So stay with me on social media. Okay, perfect. Thank you, Simon, again for being a guest on the Blissful Living Podcast. I want to thank all of you listeners. You see, I told you the show was just going to be absolutely fabulous. I say that, and you know, every time I say that, it's actually true, but it always up levels and the game always steps up because that's how queens do things. Um, but I want to thank all of my listeners. Please share this show with everyone you love and care about, especially every man in your life. Subscribe to the show. The more that we can get information out this like this, the better we can have our relationships be. And we can create more synergy and harmony, not only in our own spaces, but spaces around the world. As Simon said, the energy is magnetic and it starts with us and it can branch out radiantly to others around the world. So share this show with everyone you love and care about. Go to Simon's site, they'll be in the notes to pick up that book. And um, I say buy several copies. Christmas is coming up. I know it's like five months away, but they make good Christmas gifts to the fellas in your life or birthday gifts or whatever. Virgo month, Virgo season is coming up. I know. By the way, Simon, when, what day is your birthday? August 26th. Oh, see, Virgo season is coming up soon. Um, and so uh, go pick up the book. And I want to thank our sponsors again. Simon T. Bailey is the sponsor of this episode of the Blissful Living Podcast. So thank you, Simon. I want to thank Blissful Living for you at Blissful Living, the number four, the letter U.com. Go check them out. Uh, the Brave Bold Unstoppable Woman Summit's uh, tickets are available and you can purchase them on the site. Come and hear the power of how you can turn your passion into purpose and profit from some phenomenal speakers that we are bringing women together in a spirit of harmony and we're supporting our women veterans as well. So um, go there. And also, I want to thank the sponsor, All Day Cable Inc. at All Day Cable Inc. Incorporated. If you're looking for the telecommunications installation company that does voice, data, fiber, wireless access, audio, video, whatever it is that helps you to communicate effectively and efficiently, then you want to check out All Day Cable Inc. at AllDayCableInc.com. And as you know, I am the queen of feeling fabulous, Rochelle Marie Lawson. Wishing you peace to your mind, tranquility to your spirit, and uh, may you have health and well-being, not only for you, but for those that you love and care about. Until next time, everybody, goodbye for now. Have a beautiful day. Thank you for joining Rochelle Marie Lawson on Blissful Living. To contact Rochelle Marie and to find out more about Blissful Living, click on Blissful Living for You link right here on the Blissful Living Network. Catch all the Blissful Living episodes on demand and available for download 24-7 on BlissfulLivingForYou.com. Until next week, may your life be filled with peace, wellness, abundance, and prosperity.